and they asked Jesus to leave their neighborhood. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I find this gospel revealing but strange that anybody would want our blessed Lord to leave them or leave their neighborhood. The two possessed men had a very bad problem. They were the incarnation of evil because they were possessed by the devil. It takes extraordinary prayer and fasting to drive out the evil one. And he has minions to help him, and he lurks everywhere. And he's going to try to intrude himself to destroy your life, not only in this world, but the next. So I remember, I think I've told you before, when I was a young man, I asked my father, and he's a wise man, he's getting wiser the older I get, and he told me, he says, your worst enemy is the devil, because he knows all your weaknesses, and he wants to prey on those weaknesses. He wants to make you sick spiritually, that you're his client and not God's. So when I was uh, ordained an exorcist, there were a few of us around. They got us together, a group of us, and they spent an hour or two with us trying to tell us what exorcisms are all about and um, how to prepare ourselves for one. Well, I had no intention to, to do anything, actually. I didn't want to. I, I would stay as far away from the devil as possible. I don't even want to take him on. That's terrible. I don't want that. But of course, as a priest, you often are challenged. So anyway, we had that too long ago. Rhonda and I invited this exorcist up to talk to a group. We got about 30 or 40 people here. I was not satisfied with his presentation. I thought to myself, what he knows he's not telling us. If he's been really in, you know, battling with the devil. But every day, in some way, you're battling with the devil. You're minding your own business, it's a happy day, the sun's shining, you're working, whatever you're doing, everything's going well. All of a sudden, a temptation comes out of the air and enters into your mind to corrupt your heart. Where did that come from? 
I said in my prayers this morning, it's been a pretty good day. Well, he knew you were having a good day. He wanted to mess you up. Well, how do you know if a temptation is from the devil or from yourself, from your fallen human nature, because we're in pretty good condition without the devil, you know, subject to original sin. And uh, if it's quick and violent and from nowhere, now what you must do is reject that quickly. Start saying a prayer of glory to God. Glory be the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In your own words, any way you can. And drive that away. And go do something. Keep yourself busy. Stay away from those temptations. The two gentlemen, not so gentle, I guess, who are already possessed by the demon, where did they live? With the dead in the cemetery. It's a message. They were already dead to God. So Jesus comes. Jesus means Savior. And he prays and loosens them up. Praise them, and they become overjoyed, filled with joy. Gosh, we're free. If you're subject to your temptations and your passions, you're not free. You're a slave. So they get all excited, and they go into town. And that's normal, you know. When you're happy, something good happens to you, you want to share the news. It's just normal for us to do that. We, we have phones now. We call on the phone. We tell somebody in the happy about certain thing, whatever happened. Maybe uh, you got a better hug from your husband that morning. Mary, uh, he saw the beauty in you. Or you saw the beauty in him. And maybe your children were just particularly good to you. And you looked upon them and said, there, look at the, what God has given us. And the garden's doing well, whatever. The finances are okay. And you're at peace. And you're happy. And you want to share your happiness. You know, married people, they should do that. They should share their happiness with each other so that they know everything's going okay. So they were, things were going okay. I remember uh, people say to me, I never meet a stranger, and I usually talk to them about God because I love God. Not enough, but I do love him. There's room for improvement. It's always room for improvement. But I want to share that with other people. I want them to tell them who I'm having my love affair with, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the beauty of the church, the gifts of the sacraments, all these wonderful things that are part of my life. Sometimes if I'm sick or something, I don't feel so good, I still try to be kind to God. Because I know it's not his fault, it's the devil. So they ran into town, they wanted to know, how did they react to the good news? 
the Savior was with them, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, filling people with joy in their hearts, teaching them the good news that they need not fear death because they were going to rise again, proclaiming the words of his Father to them. They could hear what God wanted to say because his Son was amongst them, telling them what God was thinking in his heart. Get out of here, they said. Huh. Have to think about that. I can't think about any time I want to say that to God. Sometimes I know I'm not worthy of his company. Sometimes I'm a handful, you know, even with the monks. Sometimes I'm grumpy or lazy about my prayers. I'm telling God, go away. I'm too tired today to say my rosary. I need more rest. I could say to Father, oh, Brother Theodore, Brit Matins, just take three psalms instead of the useful cathisma. Those occasions when that has to be done, especially if you're a busy pastor, you have to take care of the flock, the sheep, the poor, helpless ones. So this week we had our sheep sheared. So myself and Brother Theodore and Elizabeth, we went out to watch this guy shear the sheep. He says to me, he said to all of us, he says, your sheep are really fed well. He says, they're in good condition. They are fat. My brother probably overfeeds them, but he's kind to animals. That's a good thing. And we have a lot of wool if you know anybody that needs it. But anyway, he says, you know, <laughs> This is too good to do what he said about. He has 300 sheep. I don't know how you can make a living with sheep. The meat is expensive. You can have that on your table if you, for yourself. It's pretty good meat and you're being eaten, you're eaten like the rich and famous. But you know, poor farmers, nobody wants to really, Pay him what that's worth. So I was thinking to myself, 300 sheep, that means in the spring, he may have 900 sheep. Then he's got to take care of them until about through August till they get about 80 pounds or so. And then he's got to sell them. And then what's the market going to be like? I don't know how you can make a, a living off 300 sheep. I can't figure that out. But maybe he's got a way to do that. So I thought about sheep years ago when I was a young priest. I had 70 acres up the country. And I used to run some animals there, usually um, heifers, fatten them up and sell them in the fall. Some years were good and some years were bad. But, you know, some people would come in there during the night. So it was a moonlight 
I'd call the farm manager and I'd say, Leo, watch our heifers. Because during the night, somebody would come in there and butcher one, leave the skin and stuff, and take the meat away. Because cattle wrestling is a big job <laughs> in the United States. You wouldn't know that, but it is. It's funny, isn't it? But those poor sheep, they would get in a gully. They'd fall over. They'd be on their back. They can't kick themselves over. They can't push their legs and push themselves back up. The shepherd has to go out there and pick them up, get them back on their feet. And they're not even appreciative. He goes, He says to this fellow came up here, he says to me, he says, all they do is moan and get ready to die. I said, well, there must be some happiness in their life. I don't know. We enjoy having the sheep, so. Our Lord talks about the sheep all the time because they're so helpless. When the, we had that wolf invasion here on the mountain, you know, about two years ago down in Athena, the wolves got down there and they killed those four sheep or more just for the fun of it. Not for food, just for the fun of it. That's how she, So... Jesus says of us, you are, you are a flock like a flock without a shepherd. The flock will not long, last long without a shepherd. They need care. Everything needs care. Now, what was wrong with the people in those towns that they were without a shepherd? And when the shepherd came, they did not want to receive him. Because they liked, they liked to live the life they're leading and they didn't want to change. They didn't want to give up, as we would say in the old days, their sinful ways. It's hard work to be a Christian and keep temptation at bay. It requires a prayerful heart. Now, those two possessed men, they were restored by the prayer of our Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He created in them a new heart. That's scriptural. Create in me, O Lord, a new heart. A loving heart, a heart that is wounded by sin, but seeking healing and forgiveness. And he will come and take you out of the dead place of the dead and let you live in the place of the living in this holy church. It's a strange gospel. It's a shocker that anybody would refuse Jesus Christ. But I guess it happened. Make sure it doesn't happen in your life by making the wrong choices. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.